No! No! What? Because I was married for two fucking years! You're a cunt, Ryan. You cunt. You're a cunt, Ryan. No, sir, I don't like it. No, sir, I don't like it. What's up, everybody? It's episode 84 of No Sir, I Don't Like It. I'm Carmen Morales. With me, as always, the very funny Brian Vokey. 1984. 1984. This episode is Orwellian themed. <laughs> We're going to talk about our imminent demise um, mm-hmm. as a society. Mind control. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how the... the While li- we control your mind. If you play this whole episode backwards, it says Hail Satan over and over and over again. Actually, if you play it forward enough, I'm certain you say it enough times. Hail Satan? I haven't (laughs) said Hail Satan since I was like 16. I used to write that on everything. Really? Yeah, I have a high school yearbook I can show you. It has like fucking 666 and upside down crosses and shit all over it. Oh wow, you're one of those kids. Oh yeah, big time. I think I I think I dated one of those guys. Uh his name was Spike. He had a shaved head and uh tongue piercing class. You've talked about your skinhead boyfriend on this podcast. No, no, this is a different guy. Jesus this was in Christ. high school. Yeah. That was that was Kurt. He was very different. There's uh, another list. Uh, there's another example of your Spike Brian. I know. I was going to say with Spike, there's another example of your wonderful decision making regarding <laughs> your own personal safety. What's your name? Spike. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, you seem fun. Yeah, I'll put myself in very vulnerable situations with a guy named Spike. <laughs> I seem they smart. Were like high school relationships. I don't think those count. The only Spike that that would be okay with is Spike Jones, because I think you could beat him up. <laughs> Sean White, previous guest on the podcast, he, he thinks that I only date people that I think I can beat up. Uh, I don't think you could beat up your current guy. I mean, only because he's been trained in martial arts. That's the only reason. Martial? Martial martial arts? (laughs) Martial arts. I I apologize for how I sound, guys. I don't know if you you remember the last episode, but Brian was sick. So now I am sick because Brian is the worst. So now I sound... uh, Listen, I I love to share. (laughs) You know, that's something people always say about me is that he'd give you the shirt off his back and the cold out of his nose. (laughs) Uh, except the the problem is is it's a cold for the size of your nose into my tiny ass nose, so it's just a lot to handle. Yeah, I didn't get all that. You sound way worse than I sound at any point. It was funny. I saw a friend of mine I hadn't seen in like three years, and he was like, "I was like, oh, sorry, dude, I'm I'm sick." And he was like, uh, "He goes, yeah, you do sound a little uh, more sultry." I'm like, "No, I'm not seducing anyone. I just uh-huh. my voice is lower." It's not sultry. <laughs> Thanks for trying to make it sound nice. You sound like you're in en vogue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I was doing all day yesterday, uh, speaking of R&B and vogue. Do you know that song, uh, Close to Me, You're Like My Brother, whatever? Uh, oh, yeah. The Casey I, and JoJo? Yeah, I was singing that to every family member. Actually, this was a few days ago because it was on a six-hour drive back from Arizona. Uh-huh. And so the entire drive, I was just going, close to me, you're like my brother. Close to me, you're like my sister. Close to me, you're like my uncle. Close to me, you're like my auntie. Close to me, you're like my father. And I was just going through every family member I could think of. And I was just doing that close all the way up like to 10. second cousin. Close to me, <laughs> yeah. you're like. I couldn't stop. My great aunt twice removed. Yeah. Close to me. Yeah. Close to me, you're like my stepmom. Close to me, you're like, like my stepdad. Taking, taking things and bringing them to such an annoying level. Oh, if anybody was in the car with me. Oh, you uh, were no. by yourself? Yeah, I was by myself. Oh, okay. 
Uh, yeah, I was just trying not to fall asleep. <laughs> I, I uh, there's a few there's a little section on the ten where I don't get a signal, so my music wasn't playing. So I had to keep myself entertained. There was no radio station. It was like that old Doug Stanhope joke from the '90s where he said, uh, "Would it hurt anybody to put a radio station between?" Arizona and LA, he's like, it's like playing, ru- <laughs> you hit seek and it's like playing roulette without the ball. <laughs> just the radio station just passing by. So I just had to Casey and JoJo my way home. Because <laughs> to me, you like my nephew. Because to me, you like my niece. Casey and JoJo an entire family tree. Yeah. By the way, this podcast is brought to you by Brondell. Brondell. If you don't know about him, I don't know how, because we talk about him every single podcast. Uh, company. Out of San Francisco, they have uh, bidets, which is our favorite product of theirs. But they mm-hmm. also have air purifiers, water purifiers, everything you need to purify your life, including your asshole. Make sure you guys go to brondell.com, put in the promo code no sir, and you get 20% off your entire purchase. Wow. How much? 20% off your entire wow. person or your entire purchase by putting in the promo code no sir. I got to tell you, old muscle memory kicked in a couple of days ago, and I was. Uh, what happened was my friend FaceTimed me you from had to wipe Italy. Your butt? Oh, okay. I thought you were like you had to wipe your butt, and you were like horrified. You, well, no, yeah, that I mean that anymore, does happen, right? oh. but um, that does happen whenever I leave town. I had to wipe my butt a bunch on this last travels I did, which was fucking disgusting. But uh, my friend FaceTimed me while I was on the toilet, and he's a comic, and he's the kind of guy I will answer that. Oh right, with, and he lives in Europe, so we never talk. And mm-hmm. then, and he's like, "What you doing?" And uh, I was like, "I'm taking a shit." And he goes, "Me too." And he holds up the oh, phone, no <laughs> and he's on the toilet. And while I was talking to him, I was just talking to him, and I, I, I forgot we had, I had a bidet at this house, and so I just started wiping while I was talking to him. And I was like, "What am I doing? Like, I don't have. I'm better than this. I don't have to do this anymore." Yeah, I have a remote. You have a remote. Yeah. What am I? So you don't even have to like move at all it is the laziest you can ever be on a shitter listen if you don't want to be if you want to be better than that then fuck dude get a bidet 20 percent off brondell seriously i've got to tell you though i'm in a good mood i've been very positive lately and it's because the fucking temperature has dropped i realize i hate summer i hate i fucking hate summer it i mean Summer used to meant, you know, you got school out or whatever. That's cool. But I hate the heat. And this fucking, the, the rain and the overcast and the temperature going down, there is a pep in my step. <laughs> I Like I said, I may well, have mentioned. the best season, period, dude. I mean. I like really winter is. now. Now I crave, like, I mean, fall is not the best season if you're in the fucking panhandle right now. It depends on the winter, <laughs> first of all. First of all, it depends on the winter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's also, like, there's also, like misery creating winter right but i think i think it it really only creates misery because it lasts so long like i think if it was just horrendous for like a week right people still got through it i think people would like winter even more because i've always i've always been more cold than hot which is unfortunate because i was a tropical kid you know florida now i'm in los angeles you know but i get giddy every time i see snow like oh, it's childlike it. excitement. Oh, in a couple of weeks, I'm driving up to the snow. First fall, I'm going first snowfall. I'm going up there. I'm just making snow angels. Oh yeah, it's gonna be the best. I can't for wait. for no reason just to, just to make snow angels. Yeah, I remember one time. Treat uh, yourself, girl. Do it. Yes. <laughs> one time I was in uh, Utah with your man's before he was your man's, mm-hmm. 
and uh, it was we went up to a mountain. We had a snowball fight. We I climbed oh. a tree, and I just I would jump like a like a flying squirrel, just com- like a the letter X, uh-huh. and just fall straight into the snow face first. That's funny. It was it was one. Was of the there best enough ones. snow that that you didn't fucking break your neck or? Oh yeah, no, we're at. I mean, we're on the same mountains that Olympic skiing was held. Like I mean, this is like a heavy snowfall, mm-hmm. Salt Lake City mountain. It was uh, yeah, it was incredible. Oh, that's fun. I it's have fun to like go fight. into the earth, and that's what the snow provides. Yeah, and when I was a kid, I used to be able to jump out of like a, uh, off my porch mm-hmm. and right into the snow. And I, was, and I remember one time I was playing in the backyard. We had a little brook mm-hmm. in the backyard. Oh, and, I love a brook. Yeah, and it would freeze over, and I'd play down there. And I remember one time I fell, and it was really cold, and I was like six or something, and I was like, "Ow!" And then I uh, I remember this so vividly, and I don't remember anything. I, I lifted up my snow pants. And it looked, and my entire knee was split open, gushing blood. Oh my but I God. didn't. I like walked up, like I was. I couldn't tell how bad the cut was. I because was just like, it was ah, so cold. Yeah. something hurts. And then when I saw it, I just remember going, ah! <laughs> and screaming, crying. You just saw a horror movie in a very tiny space. Yeah. yeah. I still have like a gnarly scar from that. But yeah, I, I, it's funny how the visual really adds to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's because it's it's the that's the whole like. You can burn yourself and then it takes a second. For, like you have to look to see that you are burnt for you to realize that you're burnt. Yes. Because it's like your hand, your nervous system will make you jerk away from it. But then you're you looking at it is like, oh, fuck, I yeah. should be worried about. Yeah. This. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. funny how our, our bodies are so kind of dumb. You know? Oh, yeah. I wonder if blind people just don't feel pain as much. I'm certain they do because all of their other senses, senses but are they're heightened. always walking into shit and stuff and they can't see the scabs and all that stuff. So I wonder if not being able to see it makes it easier. It might just take them a, a longer, like a, a, an extra couple of milliseconds to feel the pain. Because you still get the information. It's not like you only know you're burnt from your But eyes. also, like, when you can see a big wound, mm-hmm. you, you don't have to feel around for it. But that must hurt. Like, when you hurt yourself and you're blind and you're trying to feel it, and you just plug a hole oh, in your arm oh with your finger. God, like You're like, ah, oh, it hurts. Oh, <laughs> Definitely if you're blind because you would stick a fucking finger in it. Just poke it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just touched the underside of my skin on the other part of my arm. I went through my arm. That's disgusting. <laughs> this podcast is also brought to you by uh, Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan. It is a podcast based out of Orlando, hosted by Daniel Dennis and Thomas Van, and they are uh, very rad dudes. Um, and the podcast is awesome. I think it's like two hours long. They not only have... Uh, a mediocre time with Tom and Dan. They have free shows. They also have premium episodes. They have a corporate time with Tom and Dan. They are a fucking podcasting empire. And uh, so much so, they have their own cruises. They have their own beer. They have uh, the, some of the best comics in the world go on their show whenever they are visiting the Orlando Improv. Make sure you guys listen to them. Subscribe. Uh, become a premium member. They It's called a BDM. And uh, you get all kinds of premium content, like exclusive events. It's really badass. I love those guys. Brian and I are going to be on the show in December, and um, wow, yeah, it's going to be news to me. I know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. You better get ready, you Florida fuckers. Yeah, we're going to have fun. It's going to be great because that's the majority of our listenership is split between those two states, Orlando and California. We have some everywhere, uh, everywhere else, but our big, uh, our big, big pods of people, so to speak, no pun intended, are in Florida and. 
in uh, California. So that's funny because my dad lives in Florida and you're from Florida mm-hmm. and we both live in California. You would think that maybe that had something to do with it. Oh, maybe. Now that my family's down there. Me family. My family. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know. That was an attempt at oh, like three different accents and then your brain Whoa. didn't know which way to go. <laughs> and then my chair broke. <laughs> now I'm sitting like uh, like a baby chair. Like I'm in a stroller. <laughs> yeah, where your knees are lifted up. <laughs> So you can't just fall out? Wow, my chair did not like that horrible accent. I just did. It really didn't. You know what? Uh, I, I, uh, I'm i a little jittery. I've been, I've drank, uh, I drank a pot of coffee. Whole pot? Yeah. Jesus, why? Because when you make coffee at home in a big, co- you know, in a Mr. Coffee Maker, it's tough to figure out how to do just one cup. Um, no, you make two. It's good to have two. You have two cups. That's a, well. If you didn't make a whole pot and then drink it, because that's the other thing too, is people are, I drink like three pots of coffee today, but they're only making like eight cups at a time, which is technically only like two and a half cups. Well, I, whatever. I drank a big urn of coffee, <laughs> and uh, whether or not it's an entire pot, I don't know. And I just hit my teeth on the microphone. I'm fucking squirrely right now. <laughs> but but you know what happened? Here's what I, I I took a break from caffeine and I noticed that that is directly tied to me biting my fingernails and my skin. And when and if you look at my like look at my finger, you see like Jesus, that's from you biting it? Yeah, cuz I have guitar calluses and I just rip them right off. Oh, uh, oh. cuz I bite the nails down, but like does anybody else, uh, I know you can't answer now, but email in at nosirpod at gmail. Does anybody else bite their nails until they bleed and then they have like three days of healing? Like I, I bite my f- skin on my finger and my what? nails. It's just because it's, it's just because you drink so much caffeine. I noticed, I, I finally figured out after, I've been biting, I mean I got oral fixations. Yeah. I'm a nibbler. I chew mm-hmm. on things constantly. Yeah, um but like whenever I have coffee, I find that I'm biting my nails and my skin down until I bleed. And it's always about two hours after the peak of my caffeine rush. But it's like la- a little bit later in the day, I'll be writing or something. And I'll notice that I've, I'm just bleeding at four different on four different fingers. Wow. And then I have like two or three days where like cook everything is raw. Like because mm. I've bitten down so much that fucking there's so much sensitivity and then it'll heal. But here's the fucking... Here is, and maybe the nail biters and the skin biters at home can relate to this, but here's where you get trapped, is three days after you've bitten your, your the corners of your fingers until you bleed, it comes back, but it heals with a little bit of a callus. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it I makes was a, I was chomping even better. Uh-huh. So you just rip that callus, that hard skin right back off, and then you're right back to bleeding again. And it's just a fucking vicious cycle of anxiety and over caffeinated bullshit. <laughs> I don't know, but like, I, and then like, I like, I'll try to, I'll sit down, I'll play guitar, and I'll forget I've bit my fingers, and I'll just make one chord, and it'll just split open three raw wow. spots on my fucking Jesus. finger, and then they're just gushing blood. I was a big nail biter when I was a kid, um, and but my grandmother was so bad, like she had hardly any fucking fingernails. Like that's how bad. Like if you looked at your fingernails on your, it would be like a quarter of it. He had, she had these teeny tiny. So I was like, oh man, I don't want my fingers to look like that. Um, so I tried to stop. So then it was just, I would just bite the skin like I was just a cuticle biter. And so I know, I know exactly what you're talking about, where you bite the corner, mm-hmm. but I don't bite them until they bleed. I think it's just because I have more skin there <laughs> on my Dude, fingers. I'm so bad with it that like. Um, 
in, in the top in the creases where your fingers bend, I'll take scissors and I'll just slice a little bit of it and then bite it to get it started. Oh like, my god! Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So much more commitment. It's yeah. So I'll like take a little bit of scissors and I'll hit so the like, hard callus part. You're a you're a superficial cutter. I'm a biter. <laughs> I'm not a cutter. I'm a you biter. You do use scissors. That's, that's just to get it started, <laughs> and then I finish it, and then I spit it into my trash can. My trash. There's probably like an entire baby's worth of skin in my trash can. <laughs> not like baby skin. I don't have baby skin, but I mean the amount of skin a baby would have. Right. Like a yeah. Chipotle burrito size skin. Yeah, yeah. Just mm-hmm. big chunks of fucking anxiously ripped off skin with my teeth. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't do it to the point where I bleed. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll rip a nail off and it'll go below where the bed is. I'm but. such a fucking retard too with like, like just with chewing and shit that like, what like a great I realization would, to have. <laughs> that I, <laughs> I uh, I the other day I was eating leftover food from work. I brought they they always box up all the leftover food and I, and I usually bring it home and I was eating it and I bit into the food and there was like a piece of glass in there. What? And I just bit the piece of glass in half. First of all, before I even go further than that, when you're in your thirties and you don't have dental insurance and shit, like things like that are could ruin your life. Yeah, it's horrifying. You, you know, nothing happened. My teeth are fine. I didn't even crack a tooth or anything. But I'm getting to that age where my teeth are getting softer mm. and I don't have uh, dental insurance. And that's a fucking scary thing. Uh, like, it's crazy that, like, when I was, like, in my 20s, my big risks were, like, shoplifting or, like, running from cops or spray painting <laughs> things or, like, trying to ride a train illegally. Now it's Now it's, like... Yeah, but the thing is, I didn't stop eating. I was like, that's probably it. That was probably all that's in there. And I was like, I'll just chew slowly so that I don't, you know, which. Uh, so t- you didn't even spit out the glass? Yes, spit- of course I spit the glass out. Oh, but okay. I assumed that's that. You kept, kept eating. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like. No, I, I pulled the glass out mm-hmm. like it was a hair and I swallowed <laughs> the stuff around it. And then I, I was like, there may or may not be more glass in there. This is tasty food. I'm going to keep eating. And I was like, I'll just chew slow. So the first bite I put in my mouth, I hump, 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 and then I'm just shoveling food back in my mouth, and I bit more glass. Wow. How did fucking glass get in the food, I don't know, but God, I'm an idiot. Yeah. You are. That's so ridiculous. But I also, here's the thing. Here's the position I'm in right now. You ate glass twice. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. I lost my wallet, and I have no access to my money. So I have no way of going to buy food right now. So I'm living off of, and don't get me wrong. That sounds like I'm suffering way more than I'm stealing really good food from my work. Like, really, I'm eating better than I normally eat. glass in the foie gras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So they... So, like, I, I had to, like, I'm not even stealing. I'm just taking more leftovers than I normally would mm-hmm. or whatever. And so, like, I needed to power through the glass thing because that was all the food I had for a day. And I was like, man, I'm so poor right now. I'm eating glass for dinner. <laughs> like, that's fucking vicious. <laughs> that's fucking, that is rowdy as hell, to, count, to quote Harrison, Harris Whittles. Um, I'm going to complain about something. It's kind of the opposite. It's the... Uh, decadence i went to um i went to a wedding and then one of the things that was it was like in uh, i guess it's mid cal is came the central Mid-Cal? coast sure Mid- mid cal mid cal is there's no stop cal stop trying to make cal. that up no no that's what i heard from the people that live there 
Mid-Cal. It's the central, it's the it's the middle, central coast. It's the same shit. 805 central, Brewery. Central, mid, it's the same thing. Yeah, but Mid-Cal sounds like a fucking NAIA football program that like really high recruits who can't even spell their name have to go to for a year to get their grades up before they can go to Florida State. Like a remedial college? Yeah, like Mid-Cal for- Tech. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, there's this place uh, called Cambria in... Uh, in San Simeon, and there's the Hearst Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, William Randolph Hearst, newspaper William, magnate. Yeah, he's magnet uh, or magnate. How do you say that? I don't know. Oh. A magnet program, like in a school? No, M A G N A T E, like a like a what is what is a like Kevin a Hart like a mogul basically? Yes, Ma- a mo- magnate. We'll just say mogul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he mogul lives, sounds like a slur. Look lives, at that filthy mogul. <laughs> it kind of is. I thought no. No, Ke- I mean Kevin Hart. I've one. never heard. I've never heard it in a positive way. And Master P, Kevin Hart. They're all like, "We're hip hop moguls." I'm a comedian. I'm the first comedian mogul. No, it like for some reason, like black artists love calling themselves moguls. Look at those moguls. Look at them there. It's so close around. to Muggle, which makes me think of Harry Potter, which is like normies or Mogway from uh, the uh, what is that thing? Gremlins. The, Gremlins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mugway. Um and he, this guy, I don't if you guys don't know. You're talking about Billy about Randolph Hearst? Yeah. Is, is that this know, guy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you may see the movie uh, Citizen Kane. It's based off of this man. This fucking rich motherfucker. Uh he owns like hundreds of thousands of acres of the coast up there. And he has this castle that's built on the top of a mountain, and you can go see it. And uh I went and saw it. And it was $25 to go see three of the however many fucking rooms there are. There's like three rooms. You can only go see three rooms. That's There's not like, even a full wing. No. No, it was like four. It was like four. There was four different tours and each one you could see three to four rooms. And they're all 25 bucks. Each one of them. So if you want to, the full tour is $100. Maybe even more than that. Because, well, it's, 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 you can't, you can't. And that's the whole thing is you can't even do the whole tour. You can only go see. Three to four rooms out of a time. That that's a tour, and then you leave and you come back, and then you could go see another one. Does anybody live there still? No, I mean there's p- the people that maintain it. They live in there. They don't live in. I mean, because it's a, technically like a museum now, so it's all just you know p- priceless artifacts. He's got like Egyptian, like straight up original Egyptian art in there, and none of it like makes any sense. It's all kind of like crammed together. It's like a like a fucking child, like a child's right. like. I want this room to have a bunch of pictures of people playing pool, and then it's people from like the ninth century and like the thirteenth century, and and it's all just a theme like that. Each room is a theme. A lot of the rooms have themes. So I, again, I only got to see some of them. I didn't get to see the whole thing. And um, it was fine. You know, it was very ornate. Very, it's very interesting. The guy was, whatever. Um. The guy who the tour guide? No, the <laughs> Mr. Hurst. Oh, Mr. Hurst was interesting and whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Because he the guy a- swung presidential elections. He's the one of the first guys to fucking use media to control Manipulate? public uh, mm-hmm. thought. Yeah, he's 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 like the original. Like, uh, what's that guy now? Whose house just burned down? The Fox News guy, Rupert Murdoch. He's like the OG Rupert Murdoch. He like bought all the newspapers, influenced elections. He's a fucking not necessarily the the most democratic feller. No, put it that way. Mm-mm. And uh, he cheated on his wife. You know, oh, that doesn't even fucking matter. 
Girls are always so fucking like. No, that. they made it a point to say that in the tour. He's of a billionaire. All- That's not cheating. Of course he is. If you own a fucking original sarcophagus from Egypt, <laughs> you're also collecting pussy, for sure. When that was the whole thing is what I thought was strange is is he is a fucking rich guy, but he had a very like poor kind of mentality where it was kind of like that place was kind of like a fucking flop house. Like Charlie Chaplin would go and stay there and like all these artists would go and stay there and they could stay basically as long as they wanted. You know, like some people would come and stay for the weekend. Some people would stay for like a couple weeks. That's like the Method Man MTV Cribs. Yeah. And yeah. then some people would stay like a month or so or whatever. And then his super passive aggressive way of getting them to leave is like when everybody because he would invite you to dinner and then he would play a movie in his own private movie theater that he had in his house. So you would sit and have dinner and and in the dining hall that you eat in is what the dining hall in Harry Potter is based off of. It's the same one. I haven't seen. seen but it's just for the but, listeners. It's okay. not all for you, Brian. Other people have actually seen well, one of the most popular movie series so in history. So all you're saying is that the people who haven't seen it now feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that there are other people who haven't seen I'm it. I'm so glad we're so inclusive on yep. this podcast. Everybody's accounted for. And I've seen Harry Bottom and the Sorcerer's Bone. <laughs> of course you have. <laughs> so uh, if you went there, if you weren't to have dinner with this guy, you would sit there with him in the middle of the table. And then the longer you stayed, the further and further away you would be sat. So like if you stayed there for like two weeks, by the end of it, you'd be at the end of the table and nowhere near him. Because it would not stop me at all. I know, <laughs> but it was like the, this is also finally I get some peace and quiet in this guy's castle. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> Took me two weeks, but finally he's leaving me alone. <laughs> well, that would be the whole thing is he would just leave you alone. Like you would be free to roam the castle and he has like zebras and yaks and all this. Stuff. He had a fucking polar bear. What's a yak? Is it like a buffalo? It's like a bull, like a bull and an elk. If you fucked, if those two fucked. But I thought they had like a big coat because aren't they like a winter animal? Yeah, they're like and they got the big old Tibet. horns. No, I think those those are a certain kind of yak, but they're not all like that. Do we have yaks in North America? I have no idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually take a note down to read about yaks. I don't know anything about yaks. The only thing I know about is that yakety yak. Don't talk back. Yeah, that that song's not about yaks either. Um, yeah, because they don't talk. <laughs> And if they did, would they just say yakety yak? Like yeah, and also, does the term yakking come from like? Do they have that sound? Like like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what the sound they make no. when they're mating? <laughs> <laughs> and the girl yak is like, damn, yeah. he's like Barry White. <laughs> Getting that Barry White yak dick. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It was fine. It was <laughs> ornate. It was like so, so he had yaks inside roaming around the mansion? No, no, no. On, on his property. Mm. There's a lot. He has a lot less uh, animals now because, you know, he's dead. So it's mainly all uh, because he also owns like a beef farm now. Sure. So he makes so he's got a fuck ton of cattle and he's got zebra running around everywhere. Wow. Whatever. This is all great and fine. I get it. I get the. But here's the thing that I found out. The only reason that that guy has a castle on that fucking, on the top of that mountain is because his mom would never let him build a bungalow there. His mom. Wait, what do you mean? His mom this, owned that this, property first? Yeah. 
Yeah, he didn't build the money him. He came from money. He came from uh, money, and then he so made he, that money. He's like Donald huge. Trump. He came from money, but then he passed everybody before him big time. Kind of, but in a more successful way. He didn't go bankrupt six times like Donald Trump did. But he um, did. Donald Trump is president, so it's it's it's. Yeah, exactly. He downgraded to a sixty thousand dollar a year job. Four hundred thousand dollars. You think the president makes sixty thousand dollars a year? Whatever. You it's idiot. not a lot for a rich person. Sixty thousand. You really <laughs> thought the president made sixty thousand no, dollars a meant year? Six hundred thousand, but it's uh, whatever. My <laughs> janitors that require security clearance make more than that. If you're cleaning like a Northrop Grumman aerospace center building, you're making a hundred thousand. Well, six hundred thousand a year is what I meant. I just remember it being six, six and a bunch of zeros. I don't even think he takes the salary because he's so rich. I think he's just like save the money. Oh, good, good. For like him. Bloomberg. But his he used to love going camping up there, and he was like wanted his mom to build him a bungalow on that mountain, and she was like, no, just camp, you're fine, and then. The second he she died, he built this the most lavish, ridiculous fucking castle on Camp top. in the era where there were still grizzly bears in California. His mom didn't like him, is what I'm thinking. No, they they owned the whole property. It was all cleared. There was no fucking grizzly bears in the 1800s. Not in that area. No, dude, they had the fucking money to have the the land cleared of whatever fucking animals they didn't want. That's a cool job. They just go scoot. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here, grizzly bear. Yeah. Now you shoot the grizzly. I mean, that's why there are no grizzly bears in California anymore. <laughs> you just be like a guy who goes into millionaire millionaire's property and kills all the bears. Mm-hmm. It's great. But I'm saying, like, do you realize, like, what a fucking rich kid move? Like, the second your mom dies, you're like, I'm going to build my castle on a fucking, like, you know what I mean? And then, of course, it's the most ornate, like, lavish castle ever. Like, what a cunt move. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, I And feel- his mom actually did a lot of, way more good than he did. Because, I mean, he became, you know. Well, I mean, if you're talking about. charity, uh, I mean, he. he no, but she did a lot of shit for, like, women's suffrage and, like, like trying to advance women, like, uh, starting educational programs for women and stuff like us. Because they, they weren't letting us read at the time. So, uh, whatever. I'm Look not where saying that she's got us. We, so, if she hadn't done that, we wouldn't have 90% of the blogs that I wish we didn't have. <laughs> so, I can blame Patty Hearst. No, no, Patty Hearst no, is Patty's, the daughter. That's the daughter. Yeah. Um, and then, this is the balls. So, the whatever, the tour's over, and they take you on a bus up and down the mountain on the way there and back. I climbed a mountain, I turned around. And on <laughs> that fucking. Bus ride back. Alex Trebek is doing the voiceover. And these motherfuckers had the audacity to ask us to donate to the Hearst Foundation. They wanted us, the poor people that paid $25, uh-huh. to go look at a bunch of rich people's shit. Sure. To give money to still a fucking billionaire family now the Hearst foundation is that like the bill and linda gates foundation like is it a charitable cause no are you sure it's just to maintain <laughs> the fucking castle is it really i could care less if that fucking castle i don't but, give a shit it, uh, yeah, yeah burn that motherfucker down i don't give a shit thanks for showing me how you how you exploited how you said fuck you mom in the most expensive way possible it's interesting because it's usually fuck you dad Fuck you, mom. You don't hear too much about. Oh, I couldn't. Can't fucking fuck you, dude. That's interesting. Fuck you, mom. Yeah. 
Just because she wouldn't let it, because she just because she didn't build him a bungalow on the top of a mountain where he liked to go camping. Wow. Yeah. Uh, if that money's not going to a charity and it's going to just maintaining the property, that's insane because you're already charging twenty five bucks a pop to see yeah, three rooms. Yeah, dude. That's ridiculous. I'm starting to think that like some of these rich people are like skeezers. You know. You think? Maybe. Jerry's still out. It just didn't fucking. It just didn't add up, man. Mm-hmm. Didn't add up. <laughs> Are you gonna twist it to some weird so conspiracy theory right now? <laughs> Steel beams, man. They yeah. don't just melt. I don't think Sirhan Sirhan really did shoot RFK. <laughs> I think it was a Hearst-funded operation to get Nixon elected. Anyways, fuck Hearst Castle. If you want to go look at a bunch of rich people shit, uh, go there. But if you don't, uh, you're not missing out on much. I was also in the Central Coast a couple of days ago. Oh, uh, no way. Yep. I was uh, closing out a show in uh, San Luis Obispo. Slow, slow. Slow. And uh, it was very funny. Were the people there slow? <laughs> I love that place because, I mean, it is, it is a little pricey, but like the people, as far as like all I see there is comedy audience, so I don't know what it's like to live there at all. But right. as far as doing comedy there... It's some of my favorite crowds I've ever done. Like I, I mean, it's always smaller shows, obviously, but uh, you know, this was like forty-five people. Mm-hmm. But like every time I do slow, they're super open-minded. They're like they're like old-school lefties. They like they're thinkers. They're critical. They understand when something's a joke. You can be ironic. You can push envelopes, and mm-hmm. they let you. They they uh, you can do a thinker bit like a bit that requires some thought, like you can ask the audience to carry some of the load of a joke and they fucking do it. They're great. I love them. Uh, And I always go there to push the envelope. That's like a place I go because lately I've been doing, you know, like fucking improvs and music festivals where I have to do well and I I have to do some proven shit. Can't take as many risks. Yeah. And uh, so I went up there. I did all pretty much all new stuff. Really pushed the boundaries super hard. Only had 20 minutes of a set. So I only had 20 minutes. So I had to do a couple jokes that were like pretty fucking uh, rough uh, sounding about like there's a lot of Jewish jokes. Like uh, did I tell that Dante's Inferno story on this podcast? Uh, It doesn't matter. Anyway, I won't tell that story right now. Uh, what is it about the uh, my English teacher asking our class to do a project on who they'd put in the inner rings of hell? <laughs> I don't remember that. Well, maybe, maybe I should tell that story really quick. What uh, is it? I won't do the joke. I'll just do the real story. But the uh, we read uh, uh, Mr. Allen, greatest teacher I ever had. I still remember him to this day, and he was like a Christian Republican, which was two double negatives for me. And uh, high school and I fucking he was so passionate he was always standing on a chair yelling about books and he was was awesome I loved him but he we read Dante's Inferno which is a poem that uh where Dante explains a vision he had of the inner ring of the layout of hell. He walks you through the actual layout of hell that he saw in his mind. And it was nine rings of hell. And he uh-huh. tells you what he sees in all the nine rings and, and it gets darker and darker, of course. And the kind of people that inhabit each ring get worse and worse. So like the really bad people are in the inner, inner ring of hell. Sure. And so my English teacher who'd been a teacher about 30 years at this point, he was like close to retirement. Uh, did this assignment where he asked us to describe who we'd put in the inner rings of hell, which is the, uh, can you imagine asking 15 year olds? I mean, that's the, uh, the I think that's an, I think that's a good, I think that's a good project to give those because kids at that point are really, uh, I mean, that's when the your, the chemistry of your brain is changing. You know what I mean? I and do. I think, and I think that's when you would have like the most interesting ideas. 
I, I just think also that the majority of uh, our mass shootings are done by kids these ages. Yeah. And this sure. is when you're at your most evil and vengeful because you don't understand what's going on. You also really haven't developed empathy because you haven't seen a whole lot of bad stuff yet. Yeah. Some of them. And I just think it's it's just opening a can of worms you don't want to open. You don't sure. want to ask kids that. Like This project also probably you know started a couple of goth kids. You know what I mean? Maybe this project really... Uh it it very well may have, but it also I'll it tell definitely, you maybe maybe that's why you wrote Hail Satan on so many notebooks when you were in school. Yeah, that school I I mean that class also uh, I ran for the Nazi Party and a fake politician thing, but it was like a it was I had the platform of the Green Party. It was the retooled Nazi Party. Oh God! Where we were like we're not like the old Nazi Party. We've done a it's facelift. The new Nazi. Yeah. The logo was a big thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> it said Nazis and then had an exclamation point and big thumbs up. We're like, look, we're really trying to shift mm. away from our old image. We're going back to our root roots, the Tibetan good luck charm. I was like, well, the Democrats were the ones who were trying to keep slavery mm. in, in the 1800s. They, the Republicans were the ones who freed, you know, so the Democrats shifted their angle yeah. and they became the Civil Rights Party. So the Nazis tried, that was the whole fucking, <laughs> that's so stupid. And I gave this big speech about social uh, uh, safety nets mm -hmm. and all that stuff and public funding and arts funding. And then at the very end, I go, but we're also going to exterminate LGs. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I remember watching Mr. Allen's head just crash into his fucking palm. <laughs> But anyway, I've talked about this guy before because he also had us write a satire paper and he told me, I went to visit him like a few years after I got out of school and he said he was using my satire as the, he taught the paper I wrote for the other kids as an example. And he would, pa he passed out a copy of it every year oh, and had wow. all the kids read it. Yeah. But he was a great teacher. But I remember the Inner Rings of Hell project, there was a fucking kid in there. He's a Palestinian fella named Heath Judah. Um, Heath Judah uh, made famous by an earlier episode of this podcast where I retold the story of him teabagging me with Brian Farrell. Um, <laughs> but Heath Judah was uh, one of my bullies a little bit. Um, we ended up being kind of friends because I threatened to kill him and he believed me. And so then he kind of took my side. But uh, he, um, I was passing in my inner rings of hell paper and his was below me. He was in front of me in line turning and I got a quick glimpse of who he was going to put in hell. And he wrote, by the way, he wrote like a five-year-old. We were like 15 and he looked like he wrote. Oh, you said horrible handwriting. Like he had every finger on the pencil. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's hard to fist write yeah, eloquently. Yeah. He was a pretty good linebacker. Mm -hmm. uh, not so much literate. But he, uh, he wrote Benjamin Netanyahu. This is who he'd put in the inner rings of hell. Benjamin Netanyahu, Ariel Sharon, and every other fucking Jew. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. <laughs> and I just imagine the teacher grading papers, going through it, getting to Heath's, and just being like, <laughs> how the fuck did I not see this coming? Oh, my God. <laughs> Why did I open this can of worms? <laughs> so in the, in the bit that I'm doing on stage right now, I write, I remember what I wrote after I say what Heath did, and I, I, I've been saying that I put the New York Yankees, mm -hmm. the New York Giants, and every other fucking Jew. <laughs> 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 Which is just a silly joke, but yeah. then it leads into uh, a couple other silly Holocaust jokes. Mm -hmm. And so I did that bunch when I was in slow. And then also I was doing the, which you may remember from an earlier episode, I was doing bits about uh, using uh, swastikas as the best shape for hot sauce. Mm -hmm. 
on pizzas and stuff. So I did like some pretty harsh Holocaust jokes and some soft swastika jokes right back to back, <laughs> which just doesn't look good, but I didn't have enough time to space them out. I had 20 minutes and these were all like newer ideas that I was working out. And so I just had to cram so them just, all in. Yeah, yeah, it was just surreal. Yeah, so it looked like I went hard surreal. on the Jews and yep. easy on the Nazis because yep. I also was doing that joke about uh, like wanting to go to a Nazi rally to get fired from my job to get on unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that Nazi ch- chunk's really getting strong. <laughs> yeah, it's about five minutes now. And so there was this punk, like this 17, she was in high school, I found out from somebody else doing crowd work. Uh, and she was just. She was wa- 17? They or she was in high school. She might have been younger. She might have been 15. I don't know. Oh, wow. She was, you know, when you get into your 30s, young people just all look 12 to you. Yeah. Uh-huh. She may have been 18. She may have been 12. I don't know. But from somebody who's doing crowd work and found out she was in high school still. And she had blue hair and all these punk patches. She had patches of bands I played shows with and shit. And I, I have their phone number, some of their phone numbers in my phone and shit. She was like real legit DIY punk. And uh, she hated me, hated me. She was scoffing, not audibly. She was cool. She didn't interrupt the show. It's her right to hate me. She didn't interrupt the show. She was just mean mugging me through the end. And I didn't have enough time to address her. And it was so funny because one of the other comics was like, oh, my God, that, I'm surprised you didn't go off. Because I've been known to go off on people. Uh, you? <laughs> you get upset? Yeah, and because uh, she was so pissed at me. But like, I, I loved her because that's who she's supposed to be. She's a fucking 16-year-old punk. She's seeing this guy flirt around with like some pretty, like quote-unquote, edgy ideas that like... And, you know, the Nazi thing, like, is always, because of the Dead Kennedys song, Nazi punks funk up, fuck off. Mm-hmm. Punks are always very sensitive about, they feel like there's Nazis everywhere when there really isn't. And so she was doing her job, and I was her at one point. So I was watching her, and I was like, yeah, I'm the fucking establishment to her. Like, I'm up here, like, I'm in, my, I'm 33 years old, and I'm saying a bunch of fucking shit she doesn't like. She's supposed to hate me. Yeah. She's doing her job. Did you talk to her after the show? No, no, no. I left her alone. I just wanted her to hate me. I just, I enjoyed it. It was really nice to be on the other side of that. It was one of my first times being on the other side of that. Yeah. Where, like, usually I was the punk guy where hating the other guy. you like a young you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how you would have reacted. And I was like, she's fucking rad. She, yeah. And uh, why would she get these jokes? These are the kind of like i've said a million times like my my material doesn't work unless you've watched somebody die like she's like young and on her way up yeah so she's looking for justice she's looking for fairness she still thinks that the world could be corrected He's capable of being fair yeah yeah. yeah 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 so like she's totally within her right to do it it's when somebody's like in their 30s and they're looking at me like that where i'm like fuck you <laughs> like and i would like go off but like i it was it was just it it was like almost like the lion king circle of life <laughs> you know like i felt like i was the like a punk. baboon yeah. holding her up on the edge of a cliff like <laughs> i was like she's rad dude she's like yeah it was really fun and it was one of the first times i've ever done comedy where i really enjoyed somebody hating me like that's not true no you no no. Like i enjoy hate groups you. hating yeah. me but like when i'm doing really well and there's one person who doesn't like you usually it's like well fuck you what's everybody else here's having You're a wrong. great time do you not see what everyone else is fat they're right yeah yeah yeah. because that's the one i like <laughs> <laughs> that's the response i yeah, like yeah, so yeah. they're right yeah 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 exactly <laughs> 
but it, yeah, it was really, it made me feel old in a way that felt really good because I've been running from, because there's, I've talked about it probably on this before, but something I don't like is when people stay in the punk scene, they basically stay the same way they were when they were 18 or whatever. They don't mm. evolve as a person. Like, it's really weird to me that you wear the same clothes and have the same politics and the same thoughts and the same interests at age 38 than you do when you were 18 like staying punk stay punk is a thing people write a lot you know it to me it's like saying like hey don't challenge yourself ever and don't grow and so well i mean i think i feel like you can still evolve while maintaining that those interests kind of but i don't see it very often there are a few people i could name but that's nobody, not true you know some old punks that are rad as fuck it they are rad because they're good people in their hearts and their souls they're really good people but they they really haven't changed like like i like when people i like people who change a lot because it means you're opening yourself up to new experiences and things like that right and i just don't like the idea of growing i mean one of the main reasons i stopped playing in bands besides the fact that i hated lifting amps was well that and you lost your mojo I lost my mojo, but also I hated, I was in a band with a dude who was like 38 or whatever. And, you know, I was like 27 at the time. And I was just looking at him and I was imagining myself at 38 in a band with a dude who's 27 and just my life being exactly the same as it was at this point, like 11 years later. And I wanted to just put a human sized hole in the van and just run out of the fucking van and run away from that life because it just, it looked so sad to me. It just looked so fucking sad. And I still feel that way. I really do. Mm -hmm. So it felt really good to, because if those guys, those older guys I'm talking about were talking to that punk, she would love them because they're the exact same mentally yeah. almost. They're like 15-year-olds mentally. And I think that's why there's some of them that like try to try to date real young girls in the punk Yeah, movie. I do think there's a legitimate issue with guys not growing up and not maturing and not challenging themselves. And so that mentally the only people they can relate to are way too young for them. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, and like, I think like comics still, have that problem too. Well, they're still, oh sure. Well, I mean, so many of them are alcoholics, so they're all stunted mentally anyways, because right. when you start being a drunk use, that's the age that you mentally, I mean, Right. I, I could give you. I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. But yeah, you get it. And uh, so I think, I think yeah, I think yes. But then it's also like it's always still a like their their idea of uh being compatible with someone is still like a list of interests. You know what I mean? Right. We've talked like, about this. Like they still like oh they they still mm -hmm. like the same kind of music. Oh she likes these DIY punk bands. She's, she's totally cool. Like she gets it. Right. But it's just, it's just fucking music. It's just art. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with a human, with connection. a human. Yeah. Or personality or the type of person that they are. Like, it's just your interests. Right. I agree wholeheartedly. I, that's why it's almost feels less creepy to me when you're like the guy who's married to somebody your age that you relate to and you cheat with the younger person because it's like well obviously they're sexier you know that's just mm -hmm. time that's just yeah. that's just what it does so it's like well gravity too yeah yes well that's what i mean mm -hmm. time it shows the effects of gravity yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah i'm cheating i'm, I'm married to a girl my age but i'm cheating on her with a 23 year old because uh 
it's perfectly legal and also just it's nicer it looks nicer yeah. <laughs> as opposed to she gets me man she really fuck nobody else gets me like she does and it's like yeah a well, it's really just uh, no one your age will tolerate your childish behavior yeah 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 exactly yeah a girl a year out of college shouldn't be the one who gets you only like yeah. that can the one happen. who has no fucking life experience yeah, yeah that can happen there are i mean you, you do of course see there's real- outliers but for the most part yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sack up, dude. Grow, <laughs> grow the fuck up, you thirty-eight-year-old yeah. child. So that girl seeing me as somebody who doesn't get it and uh, doesn't understand the world like she does meant that my transformation was complete. <laughs> <laughs> I would disappoint younger me. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that she. I was wearing a long sleeve shirt, so she had a patch of a band I have tattooed on my forearm. And I was like, I should have took my jacket off. That would have melted her mind. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, this fucking piece of shit has a crass tattoo? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh, so nice. It was really funny. But San Luis Obispo, nonetheless, best crowds. That's awesome. I uh, I had to go to Arizona. and um, We're just going to the same places like a week before and after each other. I know. <laughs> <laughs> There was uh, hardly any people at my shows, um, but they were still fun. They were still good. They were into it. Uh, I had a great time. Uh, Mesa's sketchy, isn't it? A little. Mesa doesn't feel like anything violent's going to happen to you, but it feels like you're not going to have hubcaps or your car is going to get stolen. Like it, it seems more thievy than violent. I see what you're saying. Uh, there was like an art walk there. Yep, uh, when I was there too. And It was uh, vegan. Was yours vegan? Oh, I don't know. It was a vegan art walk. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that means, you know, there's no fucking leather products, which is the only thing I would be interested in. Um, that's not true. But uh, in. Uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of I've been to a lot of like art fairs and art walks and shit like that. And it's always regardless of what part of the country, it's always the same shit. Do you know what I mean? Like the art. Yeah. Sure, there's like there's always a chick who's makes animals and gives them human characteristics, mm. paints those. There's always the the local photographer that thinks he's capturing the city in a way no one else is. Yep. Uh, which the same pictures are on my iPhone. And then there's always like some woodworking person that makes an American flag out of distressed wood. Metal artist. Yeah. There's always the fucking turquoise bead lady. Yep. You know, the, the fucking that we're all making jewelry. It's like the, it's the same archetypes of art or at every fucking art fair I've ever seen. Yeah. It's the hippie strip mall. It's like <laughs> I always you... call it Etsy in real life. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. but it's like, you know, you go through the strip mall, you see the Target and the Panera Bread and the same yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, things yeah. at every one. Yeah. That's just the hippie strip market, <laughs> strip mall. Or it's like, oh, yeah, there's the Panera lady. Yeah. Oh, here's the, the fucking smelly stuff lady. The ones that they always like. The essential oils. Yeah, where they smell. It's like they're selling um, fog. <laughs> <laughs> they're selling you mist, which yeah, is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The salt lamps. Yeah. Yeah, you see all that shit. It's the same everywhere. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I mean, it's like that Bill Burr bit where he's going there with his girlfriend. She's like, isn't this stuff nice? And he's like, no. If it was nice, it would be sold indoors. <laughs> there'd be a roof. There'd be walls. <laughs> They'd be able to pay rent somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's 
fucking all it garbage. It would be sold bullshit. under a $15 tent. Yeah. But I mean, like, I love a farmer's market, though. Of I course. love a farmer's market. What? You fucking made your own honey all day. All day. I'll buy some honey for sure. Well, farmer's market is like you need food. And that's the best way you can get food because it's grown on a normal scale, not a Monsanto scale. Yeah. Where it's not all GMO'd fucking psycho farms. Yeah. It's fucking real food grown by the people selling it to you. That And it's like as close to a connection with your food as you can have beyond growing it yourself. That's totally fine. Nobody needs a fucking turquoise bracelet that smells like argan oil. <laughs> like nobody fucking needs Great. that. Nobody needs the fog. Yeah. They don't need the fog. And and the fog makes me want to sneeze, okay? I said it. I don't fucking like the fog. I don't think it, I do burn I incense think, constantly in I my think room. incense are better. I like the incense better than the fog. It's almost like the difference between like if you smoke weed, like the flower, and then you do the vape stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the vape stuff is just thicker, and it's like oil. Like So I feel like it's sticking to me. I'm not a fan. I'm sure. I'm not a fan. You fucking hippies and your smelly... Fog, get it away from me. I don't Put some want- shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> Put some fucking shoes on, first of all. Just because you want to live in a world that's a field of flowers doesn't mean you're not on a fucking parking lot with broken glass. Put some <laughs> shoes on. Hey, at least they're not eating it, though, Brian. You know, at least they're not fucking eating it. It's, that's a very solid point. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking biting myself till I bleed and eating glass. So who am I to give fucking advice? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did those shows in Arizona that you did, and boy, does that guy like to not try! Wow. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a lot of a. The Booker, we're talking. It was a about. lot, of, a lot of thank yous and a lot of uh, apologies. I think we talked about. We did him, talk about him, but just to refresh, the one thing I'll say is he's the kind of guy. Oh, I have new information. Well, what we talked about earlier, and you can add on to this, is he's the kind of guy who fucking fails through a lack of effort and then acts mopey to try to get you to apologize to protect his feelings from his own fucking ineptitude. Well, which he is definitely such a did classic, not get that from me. That is one of the worst male characteristics. You, the, the sad boy mm-hmm. fucking everything is actually your fault, but somehow you trick people into feeling sorry for you. Like that. Oh, my God, dude. That, I, when you meet a guy like that, I just want to shove all those guys into trash cans. I can't fucking stand it. Just own up to it. Just fucking act right. Try your hardest. And if you fail, you won't even be mopey because you'll know you failed even though you tried your hardest. Yeah. And that's that's the best way to fail. It's the only way to fail. Is Yeah. Is, 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 th- is trying and it not being enough or you, you not f- figuring out the way to do it successfully. Like, I mean, that's that's the best way. That's the best way to fail. I don't because know. Then, because then, then at the end of the day, you could be like, "Well, I fucking, I tr- I fucking tried. I maybe, I, mean, I don't know what else to do." You know, when you get to the "I don't know what else to do" point, like that's how you know you really fucking gave it an effort. You know. Well, the other day, my friend asked me how long I was going to continue running uh, Adrenaline, the show I run at the Improv, and I was like, "Until they take it away from me, I'll keep doing it." And I was like, "But at any moment, they could say, hey, uh, there's not enough attendance at this show or whatever. And I'm already at peace with that because I know I am not putting in the effort that uh, that show needs to be a successful show. So at no point would I ever try to put it on the improv being like, Ooh, I'm sorry, I tried so hard. And like, I don't know what happened. I'm so sorry. I'm so, no, I know exactly what happened. I didn't fuck. I don't fucking try hard. 
I paper the room now because I'm a lazy bastard. I just fucking go on Eventbrite, put 60 free tickets on there. I don't even write the name of the show. I don't brand the show at all. I just say free tickets to stand-up comedy at the world-famous Hollywood Improv. And then people, they show up and hopefully they buy drinks. But I don't sell a goddamn ticket because I'm not willing to do what it takes. But the difference is I don't fucking walk up to those comedians and try to protect my, make them protect my feelings. When when I had a bad show last month, I just told the comedians, yeah, I'm not good at running a show. I did a bad job. I hate running a show. You know what they all say? Yeah, me too. I've run a show too. It's fucking hard. No, people understand when you're honest with them. Yeah. You know, but also I don't make people drive fucking three hours for six hours from L.A. to go up in front of 11 people. When you start inviting people from out of town and they start traveling to you and you don't try. Well, that was the other thing, too, is uh, he tried to not pay my feature. Yeah, he tried that to me, too. I had to show him an email. Did you have to pull up an email? I didn't need to pull up shit. I go. I I was the end because that. I was originally going to go with someone and she had to cancel. So I booked somebody that lived in Phoenix to to work with me. And she's great. And she did a great job all weekend. And then like the first night I get there, I guess because there wasn't any people, he gave me like half of my money the first night. Like as if to be like, I'm still going to pay you. You know what yeah. I mean? He and- gave me like 39% of the money the first night. And then gave me the extra 61 the next night. Yeah, it was a very it was, weird breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Me, yeah. For me, too. It was like, this is some of the money. I'll give you the rest <laughs> so of it. It's fucking sketchy. I know. It's so weird. And uh, But at least he paid me in cash. I knew I was getting the money. So then um, I asked the feature on Saturday. I was like, oh, did he give you money last night, too? And she was like, oh, no. And I was like, all right, maybe he's going to pay us both tonight. So then she had to leave because she had another show. She had to leave uh, like during my set. So whatever he pays me, blah, blah, blah. And then afterwards, uh, I messaged her. I go, did he pay you? And she's like, no. And I don't want to ask him for it. Like I get there wasn't a lot of people. And I was like, I was like, this is part of the fucking problem. It's his fault that nobody's there. It's absolutely his fault. Our your business decisions are not our fucking problem. You paid you you hired me and this other person to perform for you. Now you pay me for those fucking. You pay services a bartender ready. when they show up and nobody fucking shows up to the bar. Like, oh, it was a slow night at the bar. We're not going to pay you. Fuck you. This is a job. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. Is in uh, you know, in the other comic that works. I mean, she has a, a good day job, so she's not like it's not like she's hurting for money. But the point of it is is if you let people not pay you for something, then they will continue to try to not pay other people for them doing the same job. Uh-huh. And that's fucked up. I go, and I was like, because she, you know, this is part of the problem with uh, like women not being respected is men have had to demand respect as well. And we have to do the same thing, unfortunately, because people constantly try to take advantage of you, you know? Of and course. without like... Had I had I been meek and uncomfortable and incapable of being assertive, like she would have been fucked out of money, and somebody else would have had been fucked out of money. You see what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I immediately went up to him and I was like, "Hey, where's? Did you already pay her? I know she left early." I get, and I gave him an out. I was very polite about it. There's a difference between being like, "You didn't fucking pay me." Like, sure. I think that's I think that's I think that's a thing that people think that. 
that that's what being confrontational is. Is, is it angry? Is combative. Right. And there's a big fucking difference. Sure. I went up to him and I was like, hey, uh, I know she left earlier. Uh, did Could I take her money for her? And then he was like, oh, well, her and I didn't discuss uh, her payment. I go, no, but you and I did. And then he was like, oh, well, I don't have any cash on me. And I was like, I don't care. How are you going to pay her? Right. And then he was like, I'll pay. He goes, then I'll PayPal her tonight. And then he did. But it was like one of those things where it was just, it's just as simple as asking for it. How many comics were on the show? There was the first night, there was a host, a set of twins that performed together, uh, three people, the feature, and then me. Uh huh. And then the second night, it was the same thing. It was, uh, he booked an all female lineup, and it was the host, except for the, the host. The host was a guy, and then there was two chicks, a feature, and me. So, yeah, it's three people, and then. He hosted ours, and he brought up. I brought up comedian Bruce Gray to feature, and uh, and Bruce ended up going first and getting ten minutes of first night because he didn't speak up for himself. Um, but the way the host brought him up, he's a large fella, and he was like, "I had a great sandwich today from uh, uh, some place. Had a good sandwich." And uh, Bruce Gray, <laughs> what the fuck? He was talking. He was like mumbling about a sandwich. Jesus. Yeah, you know, uh, fucking club sandwich, good cheese. <laughs> Bread was perfect. Smoke gouda. Smoke gouda, yeah, some mayonnaise. Uh, Bruce Gray. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most disrespectful shit I'd ever yeah. seen. Granted, you shouldn't have to fucking ask for your money. People should just pay you. But if you are in a situation where somebody is not he was trying to just passively get out of it well yeah he, his logic was that you were bringing somebody from out of town he agreed to pay them but then you put a local feature on so since she's local i don't have to pay her because for some reason your jokes aren't worth money if they're told in the zip code you wrote them in yeah go. Fuck i don't yourself. understand that she's at all the, i don't either she still did the time give her the fucking money Ugh. yeah because people always think about gas money. Here's the disrespect that you get with this shit. People are like, oh, yeah, I'll cover your gas money. I'll cover your food or whatever. But nobody thinks, okay, but also for at least an hour a day, every day I sit down and I write. Like that's that's time spent. And that's, sure, you don't get com- you get compensated maybe in the long run for that. But there's so much more expenses going in than gas money. Yeah, I... Fuck your gas money. Pay me for my time, motherfucker. Uh-huh. Not the time that j- just that I'm performing on stage, but the time that I have to sit around fucking thinking of the shit to say on stage. Yep. Also, with those sleazy bookers, you should also pay 10 minutes for every word you have to exchange with them. I mean, $10 for every word you have to exchange with them. If he says, sorry, I didn't know I was paying her. That's uh, sorry, I didn't know. I was paying her. That's 70 bucks right there that you should have made because he said seven words. Yeah. Should be $10 a word. Or just don't fucking talk to me then. <laughs> well, that's a bit ridiculous. But um, <laughs> let's do the gripe of the week. It's the gripe of the week. It's, it's the, the gripe, gripe of, of the week. week. Gripe of the week from Stephanie Turner. People who think it's their mission to save me from hell. I guess it's uh, Christians. Oh, I thought she meant uh, guys trying to, or people who are trying to, like, fix you or whatever. But, yeah, no, maybe she means legitimately religion. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, but put yourself in their shoes. Like, I, I think, now, listen, I don't know if this is a thought I'm having or if this is a Louis C.K. bit. I'll be honest. I'm not sure, but for some reason, this brings up Louis in my mind, where he says, uh, put yourself in their shoes. Like, if they think you're going to hell, like, they have to do everything they can to stop it because they believe in how horrible hell is. So, like, like if you believed in hell and you're not doing everything you can to keep people from going there, then you're a terrible person. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know if that's my thought. I got to hope that's I my thought. People's salvation was, <laughs> I thought people's salvation was their own responsibility. Yeah, but it's just like, you know, if I hear that somebody's going to where you were this weekend in Arizona, I feel like it's my duty as somebody who knows that oh, it's I hell. Did. Like three, three or four people hit exactly. me up and I, told, and I told them the truth. See, you're being a Christian about it. You're being a good Christian. Don't you, don't you dare. Don't you dare <laughs> compare me <laughs> getting if, well, okay, whatever. Um <laughs> That that whatever was me winning. No, it's not. <laughs> I just we have other gripes to get to. Uh <laughs> Adam Stetler's gripe of the week is when someone doesn't wash their hands after going to the bathroom. Is this still really a thing? Do people still really not wash? Yeah, I only wash my hands when somebody else is in the bathroom. Why? Because I don't wipe anymore, so I'm not getting shit on my hand, just bedaying it. And when yep. I when I piss, I don't piss on my hand either. And there's no cleaner body part. When I go to the shower, all I wash is my dick. My dick is spotless. It's so fucking clean. It's the cleanest thing on my body. But and now with the bidet, my asshole is the second cleanest thing on my body. That's not true because I flush you with sweat. my foot. You sweat. My sweat's clean. I don't really do. I, I drink a lot of water. I don't. I don't really drink soda or anything. So I'm just sweating out water. If that was true, you wouldn't have to Salty wash your body water. at all. No, it's fucking gross. There's a there's different sweat glands. Also, I'm not like fucking like grabbing my hog when I piss. I'm just gently directing the stream. It's not like we're in there like just fucking rubbing our hands on our crotch and like cupping our balls and stuff. You just unzip, you flop it out, and you piss into a urinal. I mean, there's I don't know where the filth comes in. I flush with my foot. If I can't flush with my foot, I just don't flush. Why why are you against washing your hands? I don't like my hands being wet. Yeah, there's plenty of ways for your hands to I hate how dry. loud the hand dryer is. I hate wasting paper using the paper towel thing. Uh, and I'm not making a mess. I wash my hands when I'm dirty. I come home from work. I wash my hands. I wash my face. At the end of the night, I wash my hands. I wash my face. I fu- if I eat food, I wash my hands. I wash my but face. But you also piss in urinals. You don't think you get any kind of splash back? You've never, in the, on all the times you've pissed in a urinal, you've never had a drippy drop on your hand? I don't believe that. Well, how would I drip onto my hand? Where is my hand in no, your mind? No, when you piss against the back of the urinal, that splashes. Yeah, it's splashing on my pants, not my hands. Where are my hands when I'm pissing? There's no way that that, that, that splash has never hit your hands. There's no way. Maybe Statistically, it, it's never ha- okay, but impossible. But what I do is I get it out. And I piss, and then I don't hold on. I don't hold with my hands. My hands are down at my side or leaning, like my forearm leaning on the wall. Like which you is don't a, hold your dick to piss. No, when I'm in a urinal, it's such a big target. You don't. It's not like you're trying to fucking hit a bullseye. <laughs> you just, you just get it in the bottom there, just your hips. I don't know that that's the case for everybody. I'm usually when I'm pissed. I'm usually just looking at my phone at a urinal. My hands are up. I'm looking at my phone. Yeah, but then also when you put it also, away. Also, I'm 33. There ain't a lot of splashback anymore. Okay. 
Have you started dripping? <laughs> Are you a dripper now? Yeah, I got a little chitty chitty bang bang pisses. <laughs> Wash your fucking hands. That's I only disgusting. do it because I, I still in some way care what other people think. Sean Patrick Moore's gripe of the week is how does half the country have legal weed and I still have to go to a dirty house with a loud ass pit bull that shits inside the house exclusively and risk my freedom to get a bag um, because that's how laws work. And until it's passed federally, where the fuck does he live? Yeah, you could also just move. Welcome to California, baby. Also, you can get it in the mail. You, like it's not even the dark web. It's like the dusk web. Like it's, <laughs> it's the not, gray web. Yeah, it's not even hard <laughs> to just get it in the mail. Like it's not my fault. You don't have better friends. Like why the fuck do you also have... get a better dealer, bro? Yeah, you don't why have do you have to go, go to, to a fucking? Dealer. Yeah, there's What's plenty your problem. Of what is so wrong with you? <laughs> That this is where you have to go buy drugs. This is another one of those things where you're trying to make me protect your feelings and feel sorry for you, but clearly you're not taking responsibility for yourself because I... A better dealer. That person is not the only person that sells weed in your town. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. So find a new dealer, bro. You're fine. I know it's not as convenient as you being able to go to the equivalent of a weed 7-Eleven like we have, but it's coming. Also, whatever you're using weed for, instead, just go for a run. Make a healthy decision. What are you running from? Why Shut do you up, need the bro. weed? You're the last person that has to tell everybody. <laughs> hey, to I do hill sprints this. three times a week. Oh, okay. He says to his bleeding fingers. Uh, That's not about being in shape. <laughs> it's not healthy it's not, for you to be eating it's, your it's fingers men- until they it's, run. It's my brain being out of shape, not my body. <laughs> my body is out of shape, but I do do hill sprints. <laughs> do do. Do do. Kermit Gonzalez's gripe of the week is talented people that are also good looking. You're not allowed to have both. You have one or the other. Yeah, that I mean, that is really frustrating. Um, sometimes, you know, there is that 30 Rock bubble where everybody's like, Justin Timberlake's so funny on SNL. And it's like, no, he isn't. And if he is funny, it's the writers who are funny. Like, yeah. it's not even him. But yeah, the talented and the good looks. So uh, take solace in that, Kermit. A lot of times, other other gnarlier looking people are making those people (laughs) (laughs) but like nfl quarterbacks you know they're usually good looking and they're very talented Mm -hmm. that's always very frustrating troy gorda's gripe of the week is negative nancy's that use every instance of anything going against them as proof or support that they were right to be as miserable as they are in the or as they were in the first place as if there is a benefit to their already being disgruntled See, I was right. The world crapped on me. They seem happier about being right about their own miserableness than in making any effort to achieve happiness. You could just write feminists. (laughs) (laughs) Or me through my 20s. I was going to (laughs) say. Some of this sounds a little bit like you. Um, Yeah, but but now you take responsibility. I'm the first to admit that I make myself miserable. For sure. Yeah, nobody nobody controls me. I just do. I'm just a really bad driver. <laughs> no, I do agree. And you know, anything well, that it's, it's it's just one of those woe is me people. To the worst. And we've already talked about it on this episode. But the, <laughs> the thing is though that really drives me crazy about that is because this is a behavior that I've had to tackle and overcome because I used to be like that. And there's nothing that will drive you more crazy than seeing somebody stuck in a bad behavior pattern that you've conquered. 
You know, like that, that because it reminds, it brings you back to that shitty place. Well, that, and it's also like, you can do it. Yeah. I know I did it. Yeah. You can get out of this. So you're capable of, you're capable, you're totally capable of not being this insufferable. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, you'll still want to kill yourself. Mm -hmm. You'll still be miserable. You'll still. But you'll be funnier about it and you'll be easier to be around. (laughs) You'll still bite your cuticles until they bleed. You'll yeah. figure out a way to navigate it. Yeah, where you're not a burden on other people. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. what God invented sleeping pills and alcohol. <laughs> is whenever you start to get that feeling, you just chug two fucking beers and you throw a sleeping pill down there and then you're nobody's problem. Yeah. And maybe you'll die in your sleep, but then you're definitely nobody's problem. You're like... there. <laughs> Like the, you're the coroner's problem, but they get paid to do that. So at least they're getting paid to deal with your bullshit. <laughs> John Gibson's gripe of the week is why I have to wait seven to 10 business days for a new card and prove I didn't make charges when my bank card info is stolen. Oh, that's where I'm at right now. I'm with you on that, buddy. Um, luckily, the the I was. What is it? Is it? Does it take that long to print out a new fucking card? Like, why does it take so long? Because if you can call it and ter- immediately turn your your card off, why does it take that long for them to just send you one? Here's what drives me crazy is that I know for a fact that the cards came out of the Bay Area uh, for my Bank of the West. So whenever I'd lose my Bank of the West card, it, it had to get mailed to me from where I fucking lived. And it still took seven to ten days. And I was like, is there any way... Can I just go pick yeah, it up? Yeah, can, can I go... And they're like, we're not telling you where we make these fucking things. Like, what do you think I'm going to do? Break into your fucking debit card making factory and steal a bunch of debit cards? Like, what? what do you, I don't even understand how to begin doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting. I, I, I don't exist right now. Luckily, I have a passport, which, by the way, I found in my trash can this morning. <laughs> but uh, Great place for it, Brian. <laughs> well, you know, l- but luckily I have a passport. But other than that, I don't exist. I lost my wallet. I don't have a de- I have no access to my money. It's fucking, it's brutal. I guess I could go down to the bank with my passport and make a withdrawal, I think. But I'm kind of actually into, I've stretched $50. I've lived off of $50 since I lost my wallet. So when was that? That was uh, Cal Jam Saturday, and today's Monday. I've got nine days on fifty dollars, and I still have twenty five left. At a boy, how insane is that? I've made two hundred dollars doing comedy. uh, He's eaten three trash cans full of glass. glass, But other than that, and I've I've made money doing comedy, but some of those are checks. I can't even fucking get to them. (laughs) Yeah, the the seven to ten day thing is is bullshit. There's got to be a better way. Cole King's gripe of the week is people who act like hula hooping is exotic and cool. Oh, this girl asked me to hula hoop in uh, a Cal Jam. No, 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 no. Even worse. That makes a little. I mean, it would yeah, have annoyed yeah. me, but it makes more sense because yeah, it's a festival and that's yeah. where they do that. Yeah. This was in front of a frozen yogurt place in Sherman Oaks. And I was doing a what? show in a cafe down the street from the frozen yogurt place. And there's a girl hula hooping. And the girl, she had like five hula hoops and she's like, do you want a hula hoop? And I was like, definitely not. And she was like, oh, are you like too cool and too negative to hula hoop? Like, it's like actually really fun and it might relieve some of that. And she tried to, she did like weak psychology on me. Oh, like brother. She was like trying to diagnose me. Oh, are you not capable of allowing yourself the joy of a hula hoop? And it's like, you know what? I am too good to hula hoop. Like a hundred percent. Yes, you're a hundred percent right. I am too cool. I've seen too many fucking people die, bitch. Let's well, also like, guess the what, stick of motherfucker? Isn't gonna help. You ask me if I'm too cool. I get paid based off my personality. 
Okay? Like, so, yeah. I go in front of hundreds of people <laughs> and I make them laugh and they pay me money because of my personality. So I don't, I don't need your fucking hula hoop. Yeah, I don't need a hula hoop for people to like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wrong person, okay? I make the mo- I pay my rent off of having thoughts, okay? I don't need your fucking yeah. hula hoop. The hula hoop is the equivalent <laughs> of that fucking curly Q mustache that dudes have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, my personality is this uh, this it's object. Tied up in your, yeah, in your fucking waxed mustache. <laughs> Get out of here. If you had one thought in your head, you wouldn't have to twirl a fucking ring around your hip, you boring fuck. Yeah. Why don't you wear an avocado hoodie, you piece of shit? Oh, God. That guy. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a callback to the last episode if you guys haven't heard it. I think that's our winner, dude. Yeah. Fuck the hula hooping people, dude. I get it if a chick's on drugs and she wants to hula hoop to feel good about herself and fun or whatever. And if you're at a music festival and it's like, and all the you you don't care that all these dudes are just staring at your midsection, if that's your jam, do that. But much like the religion, the hell thing, don't fucking try to put that shit on me, okay? My salvation, my lack of hula hooping, is my choice. Hacky sacks, devil sticks, hula hoops. Go fuck yourself. Get a basketball. Play a real sport. It's the, they're really all tricks of entitlement because I don't know a lot of poor people. <laughs> <laughs> who get to get a who gets to fucking play with sticks you know what i mean oh I think, unless they're uh, actual sticks yeah, from the woods i was gonna say i think the ultra poor probably like play hacky sacks with coca-cola cans and yeah. devil well, sticks with actual can. it's twigs. a very different game <laughs> yeah 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 which takes more skill by the way to hacky sack a fucking coke can it, it is funny to be like uh, i grew up playing kick a can in the fucking slums of brazil and then i immigrated all the way to America and built up a pharmaceutical business just so my son can wear big pants and hacky sack. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I shouldn't have left Rio de Janeiro. The goal is what you do with your privilege is you just kick shit around still. <laughs> you just kick uh, something that you paid for. Yeah, it's like the guys who spend their whole lives working so that they re- can retire at the beach and then you realize that other people just live at the beach their whole lives. They're just like, yeah, I have nothing, but I live at the beach. I mean, you worked your whole life to get where I've been the entire time. Yeah. Beach bum, baby. That's the way to be. Yeah. All right, Cole King, you got Grape of the Week, baby. Guys, make sure you email us. Uh, hit us up, nosirpod at gmail.com. Subscribe to uh, the podcast, please, and follow us on all the assorted social media. That's nosirpod at the funny Carmen at Brian J. Vokey. We will be in Virginia, motherfuckers, um, November 6th. 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th. Uh, we'll be in uh, Richmond. Yeah, we'll be in Richmond 7th, maybe 8th. And then we'll be in Newport News, Virginia at Kazi's Comedy Club uh, 9 and 10. By the way, in Richmond, we'll be at the Funny Bone. And then we'll be at the Virginia Beach Funny Bone on Sunday, November 11th. Make sure you guys check us out. Check us out on nosirpod.com for all of your nosirpod needs. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. No, sir, I don't like it. No 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 sir, I don't like it. What the fuck is the fucking matter? What the stupid one? I don't like it, no sir, I don't like it. No sir, I don't like it.
don't want your life. No, sir, I don't like it. I don't want your life. No, sir, I don't like it. I don't want your life. No, sir, I don't like it. I don't want your life. No, sir, I don't like it. I don't want your life. No, sir, I don't like it. I don't want your life.